Hey guys, welcome back to Going Deep with Mark Breeskies. This is episode five. I want to say thank you to everybody that has been listening for the last five weeks. Uh, anybody that has messaged me via Twitter or Instagram, uh, especially using the hashtag Going Deep Podcast, uh, giving me your topics, your feedback, whether it's good or bad, everything is greatly appreciated. Thank you guys for, for all your support so far. Uh, it's really helping me keep this thing going and uh, keeping things fresh. So thank you for that. Uh, last week, I did cover Tebow Mania with Tim Tebow coming back to the Jacksonville Jaguars with Urban Meyer as part of the 90-man roster, uh, this time around as a tight end. Uh, there was definitely some flack that he hasn't played in eight years. Uh, but, I mean, by all these these pictures surfacing so far of, of him as a tight end, he's definitely been hitting the weights and taking it pretty seriously. So I would look out this summer and see if we have any Derrick Henry-type stiff arms because, I mean, Tim Tebow, he kicks ass for the Lord. It's a movie reference for those of you that never seen that movie. Uh, you know, last week I did cover the Julio Jones trade rumors. Uh, this week he was on the Shannon Sharp Undisputed show, and it's unknown as of right now if Julio knew that he was on national television when Shannon Sharp did give him a phone call. Uh, but Julio admitted that he is, quote, out of there, man, uh, referring to Atlanta Falcons. So by all accounts, he's at least wants to be done with the Falcons. Uh, it's unknown right now which which team actually made an offer. I believe it was Thursday morning, uh, the 27th, that a team uh, offered a first-round pick for Julio. So, uh, you know, one of the dark horses that I wanted to kind of highlight is the Los Angeles Chargers. They are one of the few teams that has the cap space to take on someone like Julio's contract. And, I mean, pairing Julio with Justin Herbert coming off the Rookie of the Year campaign, uh, Keenan Allen on the inside slot, Mike Williams on the outside receiver, as well as a receiving running back like Austin Eckler, I think that would be super dangerous. And, uh, you know, playing the Chiefs twice a year and Patrick Mahomes, that has to be something that Julio Jones would definitely look to uh, with Super Bowl aspirations This at this point in his career, 32 years old. Uh, you know, everybody looks at the Jacksonville Jaguars or potentially the Indianapolis Colts with the most cap space, but the Colts typically don't make big-name splash free agency signings like that. And the, the Jaguars, I think that they're trying to build a young, a young culture right now around Trevor Lawrence. So I don't really see them making a play for – for uh, Julio Jones at this point. Uh, but something to watch. I think we'll have an answer in the next couple weeks here. Uh, speaking of camp and uh, some of these photos, uh, you know, Brandon Jacobs, uh, very famous running back with the New York Giants for years. He was famous because he's very large. He's like 6'2", 250. Definitely looks more like a linebacker than an actual running back and, and ran as one. Uh, he famously uh, tweeted today that uh, with Tim Tebow signing as a tight end, uh, Brandon Jacobs has aspirations of coming back as a defensive end to, quote, any team that will give him a shot. Now, this is comical because had Brandon Jacobs said, I want to come back as a linebacker or I want to come back as a fullback, okay, yeah, believable. But defensive end, come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> to, for him to go up against an offensive lineman 
let's say one of the best uh, you know right tackles in football or left guards in football, really, come on. So the Tim Tebow thing, it carries some weight. The Brandon Jacobs thing, let's just nip it in the bud right now. Call it quits. Stay retired. Don't do it. Uh, speaking of guys that should potentially retire, uh, Todd Gurley met with the Detroit Lions today. Now, this is interesting on a few fronts. Obviously, number one being Jared Goff is the new uh, Detroit Lions quarterback and their time with the Rams together. They they did pretty well for about five seasons. However, uh, this Detroit Lions backfield is getting pretty crowded. They obviously have second-year standout DeAndre Swift, who lost a few games in his rookie year with a head injury, but then definitely bounced back on the, the later part of, the, of last season. They did sign Jamal Williams from the Packers, who is, uh, one, extremely reliable. Uh, I don't think he's ever been injured in his career, at least not enough to miss any time. And he famously has never fumbled on any carry in the NFL. So shout out to Jamal Williams. But uh, with Todd Gurley, it's going to be interesting to see if he even makes it to that team because of somebody like Williams. I mean, he's essentially a cheaper, safer option than someone like Gurley. But I could see them signing Gurley to a one-year veteran minimum deal, just kind of a prove-it deal to see if he uh, you know, still has the chops to make it within the NFL. Uh, and and I, I'm hoping for him. You know, he's, He was a pretty good, uh, pretty good back at his time with the Rams. Uh, and then on the Aaron Rodgers front, he finally spoke out uh, last Friday on ESPN on Kenny Maine's final broadcast. And by all accounts, I mean, he seemed indifferent. Uh, you can read the tea leaves and kind of see what he meant, but he thanked the the Packers organization. He thanked the fans. He thanked the citizens of Green Bay. He thanked his players, and he thanked his coaches. The only people left off that list were Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy, the two uh, you know business side of, of the football operations. Uh, and with that being said, Rodgers said that he doesn't like the culture change of the Packers in the the direction they're heading. He did say that the draft pick uh, to choose Jordan Love had nothing to do with his decision of wanting to leave. However, uh, he doesn't like the new philosophy and the the way the team's heading. So, I mean, if if I am to imagine a world where Aaron Rodgers hangs it up and does not play for Green Bay, if it's going to happen, I think now is that time. You know, I, I mentioned briefly, uh, you know, the the emergence of, of A.J. Dillon last year and how well he did uh, in limited carries. I mean, there was that game, I think it was like, you know, week 10 or week 12 against the Panthers uh, at Lambeau, snowy game. He went off for like 120 yards, two touchdowns because Aaron Jones was nursing a hamstring injury. Uh, very different back than Aaron Jones, obviously. A.J. Dillon's about 6'2", 240. Uh, the Packers released a photo of him during camp, and he has the, the most giant quads you've ever seen. Uh, they called him the Quad Father. Super great nickname, by the way. But uh, I think with the emergence of A.J. Dillon and then with Aaron Jones being re-signed and Jamal Williams being shipped off to the Detroit Lions – I think that that really opens the door for a very dynamic run game. I think Aaron Jones is is obviously the the home run threat, the elusive back who still has enough pass catching ability out of the backfield to be super dangerous. And AJ Dillon is that ground and pound. I'm gonna take it on 
third and short or, you know, five yards of carry and just break your will early in the game. And then Aaron Jones is that home run threat in the second half. It's going to be very interesting. So even if Rodgers does leave, I think that they're kind of grooming love to just, you know, be good enough to to really carry that offense through the run game first, which is something that they were emulating from the 49ers who famously beat them in the NFC Championship game, uh, basically on the back of Raheem Mostert or two years ago. So something to monitor for sure. Uh, let's see. Oh, you know what? Uh, LaDainian Tomlinson spoke out on NFL Total Access uh, a few nights ago regarding the Rodgers situation, and he actually said something that had never been uh, kind of brought to the public eye before. Uh, LT admitted that his last year in San Diego, prior to being a free agent, he uh, met with his agent. They went to the front office, and he actually asked for his release. He said that he didn't like the offensive change within the building. Uh, they were going for more of a pass-happy offense with Philip Rivers, guys like Vincent Jackson, uh, Antonio Gates, Malcolm Floyd, and so on. And LT actually wanted to uh, be released. And, you know, famously, he obviously was not. He played one more year and then left to, to join the New York Jets, and he lost 25 pounds, got back in shape, and put up a 1,000-yard season. So great for LT, but it kind of shed some light on what Aaron Rodgers might be thinking. You know, he's he's about to be 38. This is his 16th season. And, I mean, obviously things change. You know, people come in and there's a different offensive philosophy changes, whatever. But it was kind of telling that a Hall of Famer comes out and says what Aaron Rodgers might be thinking behind the scenes. So something to monitor for sure. Uh, like I said, uh, it's only May 28th. So it's not until June 8th that mandatory minicamp starts. So Aaron Rodgers not being there, not really the end of the world, but it will be very telling between June 8th and 10th when the mandatory minicamp starts. So something to monitor. Uh, And I did want to shout out one of my buddies, Delroy, reached out to me and sent me this tweet of someone saying, Aaron Donald, once he decides to hang it up, it will be regarded as the most dominant defensive player in NFL history. And Delray asked me uh, what my take on that was. So my my only issue with that with that statement is how do you really measure the most dominant defensive player? Because I mean, unlike offense where you measure in yards, defense you measure in productivity. And there's been so many defensive grades, but they're different in their own way. I mean, Ed Reed is probably the best free safety all time. Deion Sanders, best corner of all time. Ray Lewis, arguably the best middle linebacker of all time. So where do you put somebody like Aaron Donald? Because uh, unlike guys like J.J. Watt and Julius Peppers and these big names, you know, Reggie White, those are defensive ends and they measure their success in sacks or quarterback pressures or whatever. Aaron Donald is different because he plays inside interior uh, defensive tackle. So already he has revolutionized the defensive tackle position. He's only about six foot, which is insane that he's that productive and that small uh, for that position, but he's so fast and his hands by all accounts are some of the fastest in the, in the NFL. So how do you really measure that success? 
there's really been nobody like him. So is he the most dominant defensive tackle all, all time? Yes, obviously. He ran away with that already. and He's only like seven years in the league so far. But, I mean, you look at his Super Bowl appearances, it's one. You look at his production in that Super Bowl. I mean, it wasn't crazy. It was a defensive game anyway. But I think for that reason, it's it's way too early to crown him the most dominant all time. Uh, I think we'll know in like you know ten years, whatever. But it's a it's a vague statement. Is he the best interior defensive lineman of all time? Yeah. So landslide, run away. But best all time, I might still have to give it to some of the guys that came before. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned Reggie White briefly. To me, that might be the most dominant of all time. Uh, and with that, guys, I'm going to go ahead and sign off again. Uh, this Rodgers thing, I probably won't know more until June 8th once it's mandatory. Obviously, if you don't show up during mandatory, you're probably not going to show up. Uh, this Julio Jones thing, it might be sorted by the end of this weekend. If it is, I'll definitely have like a, an emergency episode and, and update you guys. But again, Get at me with your tweets at Mark Breeskies. Use the hashtag going deep podcast. And with that, going deep.